Hi, it's Mark Aflalo on behalf of Mitchell Whitfield and myself. Thank you so much for taking a listen to this podcast. Do us a little favor if you would. If you love the show, give us a five-star review and don't forget to follow us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. We appreciate it and we love doing the show for you guys. Without further ado, here's today's episode. Now, back to your tech report. We are back at your tech report. Thank you guys so much for being with us each and every single week as we drive towards the holidays. I wanted to see if we can maybe get some clarification here, Mitchell. So the term metaverse is something that's been thrown around quite a lot lately. Uh, before Mark Zuckerberg took the stage and claimed the metaverse throne, uh, and before Satya Nadella took the stage and announced what Microsoft's version of a metaverse would be, there came our next guest. Chris Matthews, an entrepreneur, the founder of many successful companies that have been acquired over and over again. He's worked with companies like Citrix, uh, Magic Leap, uh, Get Vocal is one that I just discovered that created a voice browser enabling the visually impaired to surf the web back in 2010. And most importantly, for the sake of this conversation and interview, um, he's an expert in all things meta and augmented and virtual reality. Chris, uh, number one, thanks for being here. Did that adequately describe you? I'm sure I'm just scraping the surface, right? Oh, Mark, thank you, and, and you're too kind. <laughs> I enjoyed the intro, and yes, that's. The, and I'd even forgotten about the whole get vocal days. Yeah, I've been at this for a while, and it's been a lot of fun. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to remind you of the of the past, whether you want to or not. I'm going to bring it up, uh, Chris. I, I want to take a step back before we really dive into like the meat of things here, and for the sake of my sanity and the sanity, I think of our audience. Can you can you try to break down in in plain English what on earth? the term metaverse really is and, and and it's gaining so much attention because big high profile people are talking about it right they throw it out in these conversations but at the end of the day this really isn't anything new is it no in in fact remember cyberspace the term cyberspace like back when the internet was first getting started i think we all envisioned the metaverse like when we would say cyberspace you know decades ago and remember second life you know, IBM and everyone was buying virtual parcels and staffing people inside of uh, Second Life. I mean, it's nothing new. In fact, the simple definition I use frequently for the metaverse, it's a, it's a transformation of the internet from 2D websites into 3D web spaces. That's how I look at it. And you can go crazy deep on that, you know, that definition and, and talk about you know, things like the spatial web, like what's the web going to look like when it doesn't have screens anymore? <laughs> you know, you can talk about all stuff, but I think at, at the root, it's moving, transitioning from 2D websites into 3D spaces that are immersive. So, you know, I, I think of this big picture and, and from a literal, literal standpoint for a second, because I could dive into bits and bytes and try to technically break things down. And, you know, people talk to me and they say, am I going to wake up one day and instead of looking around and seeing all these people staring at their smartphones, they're going to be staring into the air with these goggles goggles on? Is is that what's going to be happening? Is we're going to be just immersed in this online world? We're just going to be like drones in the Matrix, just staring into the world? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, so, no. But like, like, like today, you know, all the, the meta and Microsoft, Facebook, everyone's really talking about this virtual metaverse where you're going to put on the Oculus goggles, you're going to be in VR. But like as soon as the AR glasses get to the size of your regular eyeglasses and you see people wearing them outside, that's the transition from the virtual reality metaverse to the real world metaverse, I call it. Where, where you will, where everyone will be seeing a dragon flying in the street and they'll have to put on their glasses to see what everyone's looking up in the, in the sky about, you know? So, so what 
you know, I have to ask the question, which is, what do people, you know, when you look at the Zuckerbergs and the, and the Satya Nadellas, who are, who are brilliant people, right? They incredible minds and incredible, you know, f- foresight, and they really do have great ideas. But do they find something wrong with our physical world? Because really, at the end of the day, we have this great ability where we can touch things and feel them, you know, and yeah. we can live in this space. And is there something wrong with the way we're doing things? I think it's a land rush. If you kind of stop and think about it, like what did the world, when, when the internet first came out and the web browsers first started getting popular, they saw like how the world changed overnight with, with the web. And they're seeing that the metaverse is really that big of an opportunity of a land grab that they're all in. You know, they're investing hundreds of millions, maybe billions of dollars in, in building out their walled garden views of the metaverse. So we all talk about a metaverse. Like that's what all the technologists want to see, like from Ready Player One, you know, the Oasis kind of a thing. But uh, what's happening is this land rush is creating metaverses. So there's going to be thousands of, of corporate megacorp, you know, sponsored and owned megaverses uh, that, that aren't going to want people leaving it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, Facebook today. Do they want you to go to TikTok or something else? Of course not. No, you know, it's funny because I remember when I first, uh, way back when, when I was building websites, or even just when you, you know, you launch a YouTube channel, the concept was, one of the marketing concepts was launch a website, put your stuff there so that people only see your stuff. You don't want them seeing other stuff. Don't Pretend nobody else exists in the world. And I get the concept. I understand the business model. But then I look at something like the smart home, okay? You look at the smart home and look how fragmented it is. You've got Amazon Echoes, you've got Google Homes, you've got Apple HomeKit, you've got Zigbee, you've got all these all these companies. And it's taken how many years? And finally now, there's a glimmer of hope that they will get together and at least work together, be interoperable. They've realized they need to be interoperable in order to succeed. Are we going to get to that stage in the metaverse? Uh, it, it's going to be a, a decade. You know, like right now, it's the land grab for everyone creating their own metaverses. Um, and and to your point about the home and the IoT finally coming together, if you look at the race, it was the race to the human voice-powered AI that won. Yeah. So it was the Amazon Echoes and, and the Google Homes that won, and then all the other IoT devices have to merge into them. Yeah, it's a good point. I didn't even think of it that way. It's funny because I, you know, I'm, I use Echoes in my house because I find it the most mature ecosystem in terms of connectivity to everything else. But I'm an iOS user on my phone and my Mac and my iPads. So I use HomeKit. So I've always bought HomeKit, but the benefit has always been it's always worked with the Echo, right? They've always worked there first and then HomeKit, thankfully, they've kind of evolved. They said, okay, let's let people do it with software. So it has evolved. So you're saying probably decades till we see a metaverse finally collide, or maybe there's applications or games or or something that'll come in and say, guess what? We're making ours cross-platform like in gaming. I think that's what it'll take. I think we'll see all the megacarps create their walled garden megaverts. So you might look up in the sky and some people connected to Facebook will see the the dragon. Others connected to Google will see a, a flying whale. You know, like <laughs> until they're connected, you won't you won't be seeing the same thing. But to your point, I think it'll be a grassroots effort of like you know open source projects that get traction that allow a user to have one avatar that travels with them 
across the metaverse into different worlds and like one set of inventory like you know if i'm wearing glasses on my avatar those should follow my avatar you know in every world he's going and and it's just like the web today links will let you teleport into other worlds so it'll be we we basically already have the metaverse 1.0 today and it's it's the web with web protocols like webxr WebRTC that that enable us to do 3D immersive, you know, content on the web today, and it's, uh, it's the links, you know, that we're familiar with in the web today that will let us teleport into other worlds. So, I think once these open source kind of success grassroots successful metaverses start catching on and interoperating, that's the key word. Then I think the Facebooks and everyone else will say, well, well, we want access to those millions or billions of, of users too so we better play nice so what's the business case here what's going to compel the average everyday consumer to to get in on this like what what's going to be that unique selling proposition that says i gotta get into this like the, if i don't if i don't hop onto the facebook metaverse i can't get this fomo fear of missing out yeah. so yeah, they'll be like, oh, everyone's talking about this new club or something. And the only way you can get to this club is to put on your Oculus and, you know, teleport to it, you know, hang out with my friends. You know, but while while that's kind of, you know, sad how that typically works like that, it is truly magical when you do experience like a 3D uh, 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 virtual reality, like with the headset yeah. and you're standing in an immersive world for the first time. That's mind blowing, but I'll take it one step further. If, if there's this thing at Magic Leap we talked about all the time and we called it XR co-presence. XR means it's a catchword for AR and VR and co-presence is this idea where I could teleport in VR to a destination, a real world lat long destination. And if I am physically there in AR, whether I'm, I'm using my glasses or my goggles or my, my phone or tablet, I could see that person as an AR, uh, as an avatar in the real world, and they see me in their VR of the digital twin of the real world, and we can have a conversation in the real world standing outside at a street corner, for instance, and we're talking, and they could be in New York, I'm in Phoenix, and we're talking together in the real world like a hologram standing in front of me in the street in the real world uh, and that's and that's basically what microsoft is kind of trying to demonstrate with mesh right they're they're trying to bring this to the business audience and show us the business benefits of being able to feel a little bit more connected to that person by making them seem like they're in the real world i can just imagine standing at a street corner and having literally looking around and, and looking at people just talking to themselves just and, and well, they, yeah i know we already do it yeah we already do it with the earbuds yeah. you're holding up the yeah. airpods that's a good point uh, you know what's funny is so a couple of weeks ago mark zuckerberg uh, was filmed and they Put this video out where he was testing these uh i guess these virtual gloves so yeah. it looks like an old nintendo power glove right connected yeah. with all these content and he used use air pockets to simulate touching something in virtual reality and i had to laugh out loud because i'm like so basically he's trying to simulate the real world in virtual yeah. reality so is this like is it just backwards thinking or is it just our constant desire to get things we can't physically have so let's find a way to create it Yep, I, I think that's it. It's and it's it snowballs. So like like as as we create things in technology today, and this is this is you could see this evolution from the beginning of the web. 
innovations happen faster and faster and faster because we're iterating faster and faster and faster. So, you know, I, I think that, that this whole immersive, I, I think it's like if you watch Ready Player One, they had the haptic suits. Yes, like, yes. Like, and, and the reason they went into the Oasis is they didn't like what their world had become. They're living in what they called the stacks, remember? They're living yeah. in these shipping containers. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of people that, that I don't believe this, but there's a lot of people that believe that my world around me isn't that interesting right now. So I need to escape into this, you know, this metaverse idea and hang out with my friends around the world. But, you know, if you just really get outside, ride your motorcycles, you know, or, <laughs> or jog or your bicycles, you'll, you'll discover that there's plenty of stuff to do around you. But Maybe the pandemic, I think, is what drove a lot, like accelerated a lot of this this conversation. The, la- we the were, lack of contact, I guess, or the the need we were for all physical quarantine. Connection. Yeah, you saw so much innovation around around any type of communications technologies. Now, do you think that that technology and the innovation we saw, and I've asked this to a couple of people, uh, you know, we have seen a lot of innovation go really fast over the past two years. I used to say 18 months. It's now two years at this point. Um, do you think we're going to continue that that speed of growth? Or do you think that now that the world is kind of opening up a bit, depending where you look, um, that it's going to slow down? No, I, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to speed up. Um, in fact, most of the companies I speak with, uh, they say that hybrid work is here to stay. And what they mean by hybrid work is kind of your choice whether you go into the office or not. Yeah. In fact, many small to medium-sized companies have actually closed their offices and they're saying that you know they're, they're working more productively uh, in this remote hybrid uh, environment. So I think the world's you know, gonna need even more communications. And like that magical experience we just mentioned, like being able to, like WebEx uh, just had a conference two weeks ago and they, they announced something similar to Mesh that you mentioned, they were mentioning both Magic Leap and HoloLens glasses, you could have conferences with holograms in front of you with people being remote. I think people want that. Like people, we're tired of these 2D video chats. Yeah. We want the next evolution, I think, of speaking with someone. And imagine in, you know, like, like these iPhones uh, and, uh, you know, like the 13s and the 12s, they've got the LiDAR built in. Yes. So you can scan a room now in less than a minute and you've got a 3D <laughs> model of your room. Now imagine you invite your friends or your colleagues into your living room. They go and they come in in VR. So they, they teleport into the 3D model of your room that you just scanned on your phone and, you, and they sit on your couch and you literally see them sitting on your couch, you know, especially if you're wearing Magic Leap or, or HoloLens glasses and have a conversation with them and they are in your, in fact, they, they feel like they're in your living room because they're immersed in a in a 3D life-size representation of your room too. You know, it's, it's hard crazy. It's hard to think that this didn't doesn't really if you go back in time doesn't stem from, you know, the Gene Roddenberries of the world who envisioned this teleporter, you know, yeah. the, the transporter in Star Trek where yeah. you just can go to wherever you want whenever you want, however you want. And this is the way we're trying to get to it without yeah killing ourselves in the process. But we saw the fly. Remember that movie? Oh, the fly? yeah, <laughs> definitely. Wow. Remember, there's got to be a safer way yeah, to teleport. So I've got to ask you, you know, so now now let's think about this for a second from the point of view of someone who can't see. Yeah. How do you give someone who can't see that similar experience without being feeling left out? Because this is 
the world we live in today. It's we have to make sure that this is accessible and anything we do is accessible to everybody and not not inclusive. Yeah, it's a huge divide. Like the metaverse, I would say is probably eighty percent visual. Um, the 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 saving grace, I think, for for that community is probably the spatial audio that's coming out. There's tons of advances in spatial audio, and what I mean by that is is really two or threefold. Um, one, the further away someone is from you in in this virtual reality or even even this teleporting uh, hologram experience the louder or softer their voice is. So you can tell kind of by them speaking the distance they are from you. And then there's a concept of 360 degree audio. Uh, it's, it's related to spatial audio and Apple's doing a ton with a lot of the new AirPods, yeah. the, Air, the, the headphones, new head maxes they have, where if someone is behind you, you hear them behind you or off like to the side. So it's a 360 degree uh, algorithm of the audio. So like, I think you know, you hear a lot of people saying Zoom fatigue, like they are, they are tired of the video. I'm seeing the spatial audio, like companies like High Fidelity are really making a lot of efforts on just like, let's just really get serious about improving audio, hi-fi, stereoscopic um, uh, uh, spatial audio. Yeah. And I think that's a win for everybody. You know, you bring up an interesting point and something I just thought of is that in the, in the visually impaired space, uh, you know, they rely on screen readers or yeah. even, you know, talk back on, on, on Android devices or voiceover on the iPhone that help, you know, you know, describe what's in front of them. There's an app for Microsoft called seeing AI that uses spatial audio. And really, if you wear the right glasses with the, with the headphone built in, it can literally, you hold it up and say a person standing in front of you in the middle. Companies like that who are already building that technology to build something for the metaverse really have an opportunity here to make this totally accessible for anybody who has any kind of visual impairment. Totally true. So like when I was working at, at Magic Leap, and this is public, you can Google looking for Micah, M-I-C-A. She was a, 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 a lot... I th when you see her, like with the glasses on, it's a live woman standing in front of you with like, like, like blinking, breathing. She didn't talk yet, but you could, she would communicate with you non-verbally. And she was an AI bot, if you will, in the real world. So she, you could imagine those types of platforms evolving to what you just described where she's explaining things like in the metaverse that's happening. And then you could communicate with her to, to she would be like your, your next generation echo. Yeah. <laughs> if you can imagine, like you could, you could see her if, if you have glasses or you could just speak with her and she would communicate to the IOT devices or to other people what you wanted to do. You know, I think um, you, you, you put uh, an interesting demo up about a week ago, which was a website you built. And on the top of the website, you had the, the, again, you don't need glasses or anything. It's just a 3D space that you can walk through. And as you scroll down, you have the traditional 2D experience. Is that where you think, like, why did you, why did you put that experiment together just to kind of demonstrate how both worlds can coexist? Yeah. And, and it was kind of just thinking, like, how do we transition to 3D? And I was thinking, like, Best Buy. Like, like Best Buy gets probably millions if not billions of dollars in e-commerce off their bestbuy.com website right and i was thinking to myself what if they had what if they gave their customers the choice to choose the traditional 2d scroll and find my product 
or go into the Best Buy metaverse, if you will, and maybe the Geek Squad is is already in there. They're they're managing all like the countertops, you know, where the laptops are, the headphones are, and you could just walk through there and visit with other customers that are in you know the the big Best Buy virtual store, or you know talk to a Geek Squad person you know at the laptop station, and and you know really in that in that environment you could do all of that with just web technologies without the megacorps like facebook's or microsoft involved you know you could with one line of code you could embed like like a metaverses.io 3d world into a 2d website yeah it was an experiment that that's getting a lot of feedback no i know and that's why i wanted to bring it up and it's funny because this brings me to a thought i had which was when um when the pandemic hit, when The Mandalorian first came out on, on Disney+, Plus, they started using gaming technology in their filming. And this is, again, we could talk about this forever, but to give you guys who are listening to this or watching this an example is instead of having a green screen or a blue screen, they put up giant LED screens around the environment and the gaming engine came into play when the camera angle changed, the background matched it. So no matter what they looked through the camera, it was as if they were looking at the final picture. And it completely has revolutionized the way they're going to be shooting TV, movies. I can see this going. I mean, it's incredible, incredible stuff. I see the opportunity here for the gaming world to now connect to what this metaverse is going to be to help make these worlds not just, you know, shapes and objects. This is going to be Avatar. <laughs> they look real, right? Like like those engines, Unity Engine and uh, Unreal. Unreal Engine, they look like real life like that's modern cgi like you're right all the movie studios are using those two engines for realistic uh cgi and the fact that we can use this on our phones our phones yeah. like the phone we get every yeah. single year yeah just the, the it's just insane so you know Kristen, i don't want to keep you too much longer but tell me what do you see the short-term vision here of this metaverse do you think that this is something that they have to deliver on in the short term to keep people's attention peaked? I, I do. I think I think we're gonna see a ton of hype and work, especially over the next five years on virtual reality uh, metaverses. And I'm writing a blog post now about what I'm calling the inception verse. We're seeing companies like Nike creating metaverses inside of Roblox metaverses. So we're gonna see this whole metaverses and metaverses and it's gonna get crazy for the next five years. What I'm hoping is that uh, we start, you know, there is some momentum in the open source world or, you know, interoperability between metaverses so that we can try to get back to that that single web-based, you know, uh, metaverse. Um, and then what I see after that is that evolution into the spatial web and the real world metaverse where the AR and the VR will, will uh, intersect and we will see like, like VR people teleporting into the real world. So and, insane. And, Oh, it, it's going to get really fun and really interesting and lucrative. Like not only lucrative for these megacorps, that's why they're investing in it, but we'll be able to work and play inside of the metaverse, which when we, when I was at Magic League, we talked a lot about this idea of an infinite economy. So imagine like Disney's, the Disney's of the world who were, who were fixed, you know, how many people they could get through their park in a single yeah. day. Well, if you could teleport to Disneyland, Disney World for 15 minutes between meetings or something like that, now you've just created an infinite economy through the use of this type of technology. Yeah, when I remember when I first put on the Oculus Quest and I did one of the VR roller coasters, 
the feeling of of <laughs> being there. Like it just it blew my mind. I remember my daughter first putting it on. One of the first iterations it was a Samsung Gear VR and she had to take it off because it felt yeah. so real. Yeah. It felt so real. So oh, I could yeah. only imagine what today's technology is going to bring to this. It's absolutely insane. Chris, uh if people want to follow you, where should they where should they follow you? I'm on all the social platforms. I'm Chris Matthew at Chris Matthew with the spelling weird spelling H I E U. Well, that's end. not weird spelling for me. I'm in Canada, so <laughs> oh, in Canada yeah, it would be, yeah. be Chris Matthew. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thank you, Chris. Someone thank, gets it. I get it. I totally get it. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I cannot wait to have you on again. We could probably go on for another three hours if I had that time. <laughs> Likewise, Mark. This has been a blast. Thank you. No, no, no. It's been a blast here, Chris. Thank you so much for being with us. Guys, thanks for joining us this week on this edition of Your Tech Report. Um, uh, Happy Thanksgiving to those of you who are listening over the weekend. We hope you had a good one. Uh, Please join us again next week right here. And of course, don't forget to follow along online at Your Tech Report. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, YourTechReport.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.